Welcome back to The Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. This conversation was one of the most vulnerable, most different episodes that I've done. This was with my mother. So I've been out in Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, visiting the family for the last week. And uh, while I was here, I've been doing a lot of, I would say, digging, uncovering into kind of childhood patterns that I think I've been holding on to for years and years. And a big part of that was exploring my relationship with my parents. So a part of the way that I did that while I was here was interviewing my mom without any intention of actually releasing the conversation. So this would be an interesting exercise for people, even if you don't host a a podcast or something of the sort, you're a journalist, you could still host an interview with someone that you really care about. I think doing it with your parents is a really beautiful idea because for me, at least, I feel like my relationship with my parents in many ways has been kind of more mother, father, son, as opposed to human, human, human. And um, I'm really interested personally in getting to know both my mom, my dad, and you know my brother and relatives as for who they are, as opposed to my idea of their roles. And so this was a an interesting opportunity to get to explore. And so my mom and I had been having a lot of kind of like deep conversations around death and fears and things of the sort. And, you know, I think for anybody, for me, I really want my parents to be in a place that uh, they feel at ease and they feel at peace and they feel content and calm and loved and anchored and uh, they're not afraid of anything. So that was kind of what we got into in this conversation was digging into some some patterns that I have and patterns that my mother has. And uh, those patterns came from probably her mother and her father and those patterns all the way back through the chain. And so I think it's a, a beautiful opportunity if we so choose it uh, to be the ones to drop the ancestral shit. I think there's... If you grow up with your parents, I don't think you learn so much about what they do. You learn more who they are and the subconscious operating systems that govern them. I think inevitably they just continue on down the chain. And so it's almost like you're passing the buck off from yourself to your children, whether you realize it or not. And then your kids they have the baton and they run the race and they do with it what they can and then they pass it on to the next. And I think that we have the opportunity to unwind the knots that have been imposed upon us from our parents while we're running with the baton. And if we can do that, then I think it it could liberate not only us, but also our parents and grandparents and our children and children's children. So in this moment, in this lifetime, I think it's actually a pretty darn courageous thing to be willing to be the person that uh, doesn't just keep passing the buck off and actually does whatever, whatever the work in quotations looks like to drop the weight of your past 
And so that is what this conversation is about. We're going in and finding, is there any weights that we're carrying, Mother and Aaron? And if there are, how the hell do we drop them right the fuck now? So I don't think we dropped all of them, but I think we did lighten up quite a bit after this conversation. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm not going to do any ad reads or anything, at least for the introduction, because... Um, it just would feel weird for this specific conversation. Tune in for the end. I am going to put some of my mom's music. She is a absolutely stunning singer and songwriter. And, uh, so she, we get into a little bit in this conversation of her process of all that. And she is really one of the most talented singers and songwriters that I know, honestly, and she happens to be my mom. So I'm attached some of her music at the end. So if you're interested in hearing my mama doing her singing, I hope you really enjoy it. And uh, if you do, por favor, send us a message on Align Podcast on the Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Per usual, appreciate reviews and all the things. I hope you guys dig this conversation. Like I said, I wasn't planning on releasing it. That was never the intention. And then afterwards, my mother and I both agreed that Perhaps it may be helpful for some people. So here it is. I hope you enjoy a pretty radically vulnerable conversation between me and my mother. What do you want to leave for Austin and I? Like not materially. Well, Austin and I have had a similar discussion in years past and he told me that he felt that I really created a world for both you and your brother where you wouldn't feel some of the negativity that was going on, you know, in the home. I really tried hard to, to be strong, to cover up. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes I would break down and cry in front of you guys, but I tried not to. And and I feel that um, I taught my sons to be forgiving because I'm very forgiving of people. And so I would feel that I want my sons to be forgiving towards others that are maybe not as blessed as they are and maybe they are ignorant and so maybe they say some things that are just, you know, not right, unfair, judgmental. So something is you're saying that, something that I feel like I've had challenge with or just hasn't come very easy for me is um, is like emotional intimacy and feeling like, I think, safe to express myself in a vulnerable way. And I like I never talked to you or dad about like girls growing up. I was always very like, right. I just wouldn't mention anything about it. Yeah. And I'm like trying to uncover why that was, and I'm think my feeling is perhaps it may have something to do with what you're saying now, part <laughs> of holding emotions in. Okay. Yeah. Well, because you ask me what legacy I want to leave. No, and I, know, I, I want I know, my children to be forgiving, but there's so many things that I no, want for not, you guys. Not the forgiving, not the forgiving, the, the meaningful part. 
the, yeah. the part of covering hold, holding up. emotions yeah. in and covering, covering up, up. Yeah. trying to make a beautiful world, yeah. trying to make you happy, even though there was pain. Yeah. yeah. So that's comes like, yeah, it's, it ends up becoming kind of, I think there's been like a theme of like the Jesus martyr type thing and living a life in pain and absolutely, but I don't think that's healthy. N- and I don't no. think that's, a, that's, and, and so I feel like a, a part, I thought the reason that I kind of had issues with that was like fear of abandonment because of dad. But I think in fact, it was more my relationship to you and, and which I don't know for sure, but I, I have a feeling that it's actually more in relation to my relationship with you. I mean, you're my mom, so my relationship to women probably like relates back I to you. I was with you all the time. <laughs> and so, um, not because you're with me all the time, because you're my mom. And so um, I think perhaps your inhibition to feel like you could honestly express, I think subconsciously, I carry that. And I'm now in the process of learning how to be emotionally vulnerable, you know, 30 years later. It makes perfect sense. And what you're saying makes perfect sense to me. Actually, I never thought of it that way, but that has to be it. I think so. Because I was taught to be reserved, to suppress. Like if I was angry, like I wouldn't express it. Mm. I was more controlled. And I, I would think if someone would do something that out of anger, I would look down upon them like, oh, they can't control their emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so out of control. Yeah. But but that out of control, in fact, is the the release of something that could be you know, the very disease that it seems like you have, you've expressed previously that you have like fear of disease and fear of like something develop. But I think like the, the purging of emotional stress and all those internalizations. I'm not of af- I don't have fear of disease. I, have, I don't want to be injured. <laughs> okay. Well, there's, there's so, a difference. Well, I mean, disease, I feel very dis- healthy. Disease, disease I eat all the organic. Sense, the literal sense of the word of dis-ease, like you don't feel at ease. Like and everything. So I think the, the building up of okay. toxic shit inside the body in the form of, you know, emotional thoughts, fears, grudges, anything that could be perceived as like inappropriate or ugly. Um, I think that if we don't express those out, then they build up and they and they consume us and they become dis-ease. But I, I can become angry. It's just, yes. I just don't uh, allow myself to get out of control with it. Do you think that there could be any value in mm-hmm. having like, do, what are you angry about? Right now? Yeah, is there anything that you feel like there, there's, is it, maybe there isn't. I don't get angry too much in fact your father used to say how do you do that you wake up in the morning happy you're singing in the kitchen how do you do that when there's so many bad things going on in our life right now be like well do you think some of that could have been just repression and bypassing and avoidance no i think i had joy in my spiritual walk at the time with my god i felt that i was very much in love with God, I felt that he loved me and he was protecting me and I had some spiritual experiences that were so beautiful and so profound that I never forgot them. And I felt like I wanted everything to be beautiful. I think that's why I hate, I absolutely abhor chemicals and pesticides and things that are not natural. I think it's because I want things to be healthy and well. Like I was thinking the other day, I'm getting so much joy out of these plants 
that mm-hmm. I'm growing. I'm mm-hmm. I'm seeing them thriving and and feeling their energy and and giving them nutrients. For some reason, it it just totally fulfills me to nurture something. Yeah, I get that. Your mother. I mean, even a plant. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get like a kick out of it. Do you think that perhaps there could be any value for both of us in one of us um, beginning to like feel more comfortable with emotional intimacy and um, not holding on to stuff or feeling like it's inappropriate to to feel a certain way. Like I don't I don't think that there's any like emotions or sensations or feelings that are inappropriate. I think everything is perfectly appropriate. Like if you feel a thing, it's completely okay. And I wonder You do. I really do. So yeah. you you feel like your thought life can go anywhere and it's okay. Yeah. I think that by See, I disagree. <laughs> so by so by putting a like a moralistic judgment of like bad good on it. I think that it doesn't stop a thought. It's like saying like, Oh, you know, whatever the obvious thing, like don't think about an elephant or whatever. So I say, don't think about those thoughts. I think I'm actually feeding energy into them. Whereas if I just allow them to pass and move like a cloud, then it doesn't, I don't inflate those clouds. They just move on. I understand. And so, yeah, that makes sense. However, I see you as this very, very genuinely pure, and good man. I see you as a person that has a beautiful soul, mm-hmm. a very nurturing soul yourself. I feel that you love home, and I feel that you love, it's very important to you to be loved. And I feel your emotions run so deep that sometimes it's hard for you to even express them. Well, and there's also a you know, uh, I think a thick layer between like my superficial world and you want me to sit up on the couch? Yeah, because I, I'm trying to make eye contact with you. And Here, let me go like this. No, I don't want to look down at you. I want to look. Why? It's, I like laying down. It's nice. You want me to lay well, on the I'm, couch? I'm going to be looking straight ahead because. Right. <laughs> That's fine. Here, I'll lay on the couch. Um, That's better. <laughs> This is great. I'm like a, you're like my therapist. Oh, I'm your therapist. I appreciate it. I'm your mummy. Teddy, teddy bear for, for comfort. <laughs> um, That's amazing. That teddy bear was yours when you were born. Yeah. Well, so I feel like what I've experienced, and I very greatly appreciate you being here still in my life because, you know, people's parents die out of this body and they don't have the opportunity to get to, like have these conversations so i really like when i look at you i know that you're not going to be here forever and um i really hope that uh you're okay with that you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like sure. I, don't, I don't want you to have any fear to move out of this body and i don't want you to have any fear to like be old and all that stuff like that like the feeling of like think of like a tree you know if a tree gets if a tree goes into fall and the leaves turn red or orange or whatever and they fall off and like they are right now in our yard. Yeah, like they are right now. Like you can look at that, like the you know, the the wise you can look at that and be like, Oh, this is this is beautiful. Like this is a, such a beautiful experience. The trees are they're going through their cycle and they're going back into the ground and they're fertilizing mm-hmm. and it's like a part of this really beautiful circle of life. Mm-hmm. 
and I can grasp that. Yeah. And so I want, I really hope like something that I would make me feel happy. And I feel myself like crying as I'm saying it or like teary. Cause I'm, uh, I don't want you to hurt. It's okay. You can express anything to me, Aaron. I love you. I love you, I love you so dearly. It's very nice to cry in front of you. I know you've seen me cry. But I haven't been able to cry for a long time, really. You just haven't felt safe to cry. It's not that you haven't been able to. You haven't felt safe to. I know, but sometimes silence just speaks volumes. Yeah. And it's okay to cry. Oh. What? It's so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. You're so beautiful. I'm so proud of the man you've become. What have I become? A very caring and wise grown-up man. Not just in stature, but in your soul, in your spirit. I mean, you've you've exceeded my dreams, and your brother too. You both are very fine and good young men, and I feel very, very privileged to be your mother. I know you do. I feel privileged. I feel honored. <laughs> I feel honored that this beautiful creation was given to me you know and your brother too even though he's not here tonight I think I probably chose you I'd imagine um, so that's something that I something that like weighs on me is the feeling of you being um, feeling like scared or feeling alone or feeling um, I think just that well I'll try very hard to not let that happen to me but only God knows if I'll ever meet someone else well, well I don't even mean in relation to another person I think alone s is starts with you you know and I think that love starts with you and the idea of love through another person like uh, another person is a they can be a, a stimulus to open up the love that you've had all mm -hmm. along mm -hmm. but it's not you know uh, I don't think it's about another person I think that you know as we f fill ourselves up through other people and through just life in general it could be through anything through a puppy or business or a trip or <laughs> cooking or whatever the thing is mm -hmm. you know, everything's like a tool to open ourselves up to what we actually are which I think is is you know just a bunch of love 
And as we open yeah. ourselves up to that, I think that naturally brings the people into our lives that that matches that frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I feel like we are very much a part of our atmosphere. And I feel like we are able to express love if we are thoroughly good inside. But if yeah. a person has evil intentions, then it manifests eventually and it invites more evil intentions. It grows. So sure. I, f- Everything grows. Yeah, so I feel like in the same way that love and purity and goodness and beauty and uh, creativity and artistic energies also can develop and multiply mm-hmm. and can be very healing, not only to yourself, but to everyone that you actually touch in your life. That's why I'm writing music. That's why I love to express myself. I feel like I'm soaring like an eagle when I'm singing. And I realize that I've always had that gift. Like I did my first solo when I was only three years old. But um, it's just exhilarating, you know, to be able to be artistic. And it's exhilarating to be able to dance and move and practice you know, movement with your body, which I do every morning. Mm-hmm. I have a ritual, and that's very, very important to me. What do you think you need to get to a point of not having any reservation or fear around aging and and dying? I'm not really afraid to die. It's just the quality of life. Mm-hmm. It's so important, you know, every day. I realized that. I was walking, you know, every day around this lovely neighborhood. It was quiet. There's no traffic. And I'd go early in the morning. It would be very beautiful. I could meditate. I could pray. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I sing. I don't really care if the neighbors hear me or see me or whatever. Because yeah. they're all loving and kind and accepting of me. So they all like, oh, hi, you know, how are you? So I just relax and do my thing or I'll ride my bike or something like that. And um, I don't mind doing that, but I feel like it's important that we give in, <laughs> you know, to that type of... Yeah, release. Yeah, it's important. But anyway... <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you're, you're smiling at me, right? That's great. <laughs> what are you thinking? I think that's great. <clears throat> That's something that I've been worried about for you because you've been so superficially pretty throughout your life, which I think can be a real handicap. It can really set you up for hurt because like that can be taken away. It's like it's like basing Yeah. You know, your value around money. It's like it's a really bad idea. It's really hard though, because when you're when you are a young woman and you are winning a lot of contests you know, one after the other, and then eventually you you start to feel like your value is based on your beauty. And Do you still feel that way? I do. <laughs> I do. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Do you feel like... I mean, it, it's hard to be a former Miss Pennsylvania, a national talent winner, and three-time swimsuit winner and runner-up to Miss America 
and be and be aging. Yeah, I think those are all handicaps. Those are all just making your game harder. Yeah. Here's the thing. It isn't me. It's those around me that'll say, oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember you when you did this or no, that. No, no, it is you. Oh, you were so beautiful. No, no, and then, it is you. But then they kind of give you the once over. They're like looking you over to see if you're still holding up. Yeah, but it's it's still you. Like there's <laughs> no reason to, to dish off your your own autonomy <laughs> and power. Serious. It's not them. Like they No, but it's their expectation. It's your No, but I'm a people pleaser. Of their Remember? Yes, you. Okay. You. I'm a you. people it's so I guess it is me. Yes. It has nothing to do with them. Those are they're just trees. They're just they're like you know, if a bird moi, moi, tis I. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with them. Like you are the powerful one. You are the creator of all of this. Of everything, good, bad, m- me, this house, dad, like all of that is you created. You are responsible. It's true because I enabled him. I allowed him to do it without. You brought him into your life. You created him. He's your creation. Hmm. <laughs> this is a great feeling. Because ev- for every time that you put your energy out into someone else and say, oh, well, you see. You know, they did this to me because they, they they looked at me this way and then they had expectations. And then, well, you know, your dad did this to me because of this and that. And, you know, I had, like, every time you do that, it takes up a, a part of your power. Like, if it was like a pie chart, and it, it takes, a, takes a, a sliver out of that. And sometimes it's a big sliver, sometimes it's a smaller sliver. And every time you do that, you, you throw a sliver out of your own power. And every time you take it back and you and you take responsibility for... You can look at me, you can do anything, you can cut my hand off, you know, whatever whatever you do, that's, you don't have power over me. Like my reaction to this experience. I, I totally identify with, with, with what you're saying because the whole time your father was so addicted to drugs, um, I was, I never felt like I was truly unhappy inside. I felt like he had this handicap, you know, like I didn't, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I felt, I still felt good about me, even though he was verbally abusive during that time and it was very difficult. Why do you think you kept him around? Why would you take, why would you uh, tolerate that in your life? I kept remembering the wonderful years, the happy years. I kept remembering how beautiful it was when we fell in love and lived in the Caribbean together and swam in the coral reefs together. And yeah, but the reality, the, of the reality of the situation, that wasn't it. And having children and... Yeah, just, but that wasn't it. Why do you think you kept an abusive person in your life? Why did you create he, that? He was a beautiful man in many, many ways, and I kept remembering that beautiful man. Yeah, but man. he wasn't that for years. Like, why did you... What was it about that that served you? What was it about that that was supportive to you? The to you? hope that he would go back to being the person that he once was. And now he has recovered, and now he is that good person again, hmm. but we're no longer together. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see that. Yeah. So I was hoping and I was in prayer that he would go back to the way he was. Yeah. Plus, I have such a good memory. I've been blessed with such a good memory. Even I can remember even way back, even when I was still like in my crib. <laughs> so, why, do you th- why do you think it is that you, I mean, we've already talked about it, I guess, but you have 
exhibited a tendency of making everything kind of like putting like a nice patch over everything. And you kind of have this ongoing way of if something seems like it's maybe not quite appropriate or anything like that, you'll, you'll, and in like relation to emotions and all, all the things you'll try to nice it up, you know, and not actually just like, let it be like, I, I personally, something that I, the moments that I appreciate with you the most are when you're just like <laughs> genuinely authentic with how you're feeling and there's no avoidance or no, you know, the carrots are so nutritious, you know, taking the conversation <laughs> someplace else. And you're just like being like, man, I feel afraid or I feel sad or I feel angry or I feel or I feel happy. I feel elated. I feel, you know, whatever. But like all of those emotions are equally valuable and important. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at some point in, in your life, it feels to me like you learned that there's some emotions that are are okay to express and other emotions that are kind of like rude or inappropriate yeah that's how i was raised yeah and do you feel like that's uh the healthiest way i feel it's unusual i feel i feel that a lot of people are not familiar with that type of a childhood Mm -hmm. that you know your grandmother was very much to be she was more strict and she was very much that you know you you cover up the things in your life that are bad. Mm-hmm. And you always, you know, show a good face towards the public. You don't air your dirty laundry, you know. You <laughs> Yeah. It's just and probably her mother was like that too, but they were fine people. They were wonderful people. But can you imagine what would happen to that dirty laundry if it doesn't get air? You're right. It would probably get moldy and grow. And have a life of its own. Yeah, that's true. I feel that I'm not as bad <laughs> as the generations before me. I feel that I'm improving, and I feel that you probably and your brother have helped me to really loosen up a little bit more. Well, I'm a continuation of you, Mom. <laughs> I really feel like uh, upon you my liberation is your liberation and your liberation is my liberation. But you know that I'm passionate about a lot of things and you know that I can express myself musically. I can express myself artistically. And I think that some of those are, are I like applaud all of them. I think they're all great. And I think it's great that you can transmute certain other energies into, you know, beautiful music and songs and, Mm -hmm. you know, like all, like that's, that's awesome. And taking care of a beautiful family and And some of my songs are just fun and funny. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. some of them are just so know, I think lighthearted. That, I think that you do you have consciously or subconsciously channeled what could have been, you know, I think pain and tears and you know, all the things that, that happen throughout life. Mm-hmm into music which yeah. is i think very common and very beautiful yeah and some of the songs i write are you know jazz songs and some of them are spiritual songs and some of them are show tunes and yeah country tunes and uh blues and yeah gospel just i'm like a music junkie so i love music i'm always hearing music and if i'm around reggae music then i think oh i could write a reggae song and then 
Yeah. I'll write a reggae song. <laughs> and then, well, I know. It's, it's, like it's Austin brilliant. said, I can't believe you can write reggae. And I said, he said, sing it for me. So I started singing my reggae song for him. He's like, wow, you really can write reggae. <laughs> Do you want to sing the reggae song? No. No? Why? Sometime I will, but I, I don't have it in front of me. I don't memorize all my music. All right. But, yeah, I, I love to sing. But anyway. What um, is your process I, in writing music? Oh, it's wonderful. It It's magical. It happens early in the morning usually. And usually while I'm sleeping, I'll awaken with the song. And I'll go to the piano, which is just directly behind my bed. If you look at that, it's mm-hmm. separated by a wall. Mm-hmm. The mirror, the wall, <laughs> my bed's on the other side. Yeah. And there's the piano. Mm. And I go to that baby grand over there. <laughs> and I just put that music down and start singing it. That's how it happens. You write the it. The lyrics there? and the music come simultaneously. No, I I start writing it while I'm sleeping. Usually, not always. Sometimes it'll happen in the shower. That's so cool. The shower really relaxes me, and I can really write there. On and if I get a lyric, I'll quickly jump out of the shower, write it down. Like I'll keep a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil in the bathroom, hmm. and. Um, you know, I just, I'll open up that cabinet and get it out quick and jot it down. Uh, why do you write songs? I didn't know I could until about, you know, a few years back when, when I was um, teaching school. <laughs> I, the kids were all finished with their test one day, one afternoon, and I was just sitting at my desk and I just started writing a beautiful wedding song. Hmm. Yeah just came to me do you feel like it's like therapeutic for you oh absolutely Mm. it's really good do you feel misunderstood by austin and i at all no i feel like you guys just love me no matter what you love me for who i am and you have no reason not to i don't feel that i've ever given you a reason not to love me yeah i would agree I love you very much. I really, really feel that. I feel you are capable of really giving committed love. Certainly. Mm-hmm. I think this year has been like a major, uh, I mean, like in process of, I think, somewhat of like a pretty major transition and like coming into myself. Yeah, wonderful. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Like I've felt kind of like um, pretty like perhaps like out of place or kind of uh, just like I don't really fully, maybe not really belong, but just not really like just didn't feel comfortable in my in my position in the world or like in my skin or like in, you know, just felt kind of squirmy in here. And presently, yeah. I've I've felt. Um, I know that feeling. <laughs> what do you know about that feeling? Oh, I've known it since I'm a little girl. Hmm. Yeah. What's it? What's it like? Uh, you feel like you're different, maybe, than other people, and you try to fit in. I think all kids kind of go through that in some way, but some more than others. <laughs> 
Definitely. You felt that through. I felt that way when I was a child, like I was different. Do you still have any sensations like that, or when did that when did that transition? It was a good different, though. It was like <laughs> it was a good feeling. It wasn't always bad, but it it isolated me in my in myself. Even though I had a lot of friends in school, and I loved to go to school every day, I looked forward to it. I was very active, and I played the violin, played first chair violin all the way through school into college. I accompanied piano, you know, for the chorus and the glee club. I sang solos all the time. I sang at church, loved going to church, loved the music department of the church. Mm. Took voice lessons, piano lessons, um, art lessons. I was winning a lot of contests and art contests too. So I felt like I was a little different than some of the other children because Mm. they were more into just... um, not being quite as competitive, maybe. I, I was always trying to make good grades, mm-hmm. and I did. Um, not always. I mean, I, I got an occasional C, but for the most part, I was striving to make that A. <laughs> I mean, even even to came? get into the Miss America pageant, you, you really have to have, because it's a scholarship program, it's not like Miss USA, you have to have an A- minus or you know, at least a B plus average or they don't even consider you. Something that I hear from you a lot. And if you listen back to this, you'll probably hear as well Mm -hmm. is, um, a tendency of, of kind of pointing out that you like have many accolades and you've, you're very smart and you're this and like you, you, you will like (laughs) go out of your way to say those things. And sometimes I, I'm just telling you, I felt, it made me feel kind of isolated, though, as yeah. a kid. I'm I'm not saying it. I'm not trying to be braggadocious. No, 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 no. I don't think I'm not saying you're braggadocious. <laughs> it's not that. Hold on, listen. I'm not saying you're braggadocious and like, oh, mom, you're such a bragger. That's I'm I'm saying more of like, I wonder if perhaps, and maybe there's nothing to it at all. But I wonder if perhaps that could be. There's some like underlying layer of feeling like, um, that you need to be really good at stuff or really <clears throat> smart or really pretty or really good at math or music or whatever it is like in order to be loved absolutely that's correct <laughs> where do you think you got that from i'm not sure but it may have been the fact that my mother was an equestrian and she used to jump five gated horses and she was very competitive with horses and she was very sports-minded. Like, she played field hockey in school. Um, she was strong and athletic. And I always wanted to be like my mother, you know, be strong, be athletic like she was. She's She was really quite a lady. Mm. And so um, it's interesting because one of my brothers became the United States Eastern Tennis Champion. Mm-hmm. He was very competitive like that, too. Mm-hmm. And he and I got along really, really well. He's no longer with us. But do you think that you are, so what you did in your response there is you kind of added on to like how your family stock is like really good at life, um, which kind of, again, like adds on to like how things are great. I wonder no, I'm if, just saying I wanted to be like my mother. But it's not so much what someone does, it's who they are. So it's not so much that your mom did those things. She could do anything, but instilling in the person that 
they need to do in order to be worthy of love. That's different than being successful with riding a horse. So I wonder if like there was some, like where that, that came from, like that I need to get good grades and be hot and be, <laughs> you know, all of these different things in order to be worthy of love as opposed to being at my root level worthy of love with nothing. I could be in a wheelchair, I could be, you know, have no face, I could be whatever, and I'm still worthy of love. Like that, getting to that, that point is freedom. That's true. So I wonder where it's the, what well, do you think the origin of that is? Not that your mom was good at life, what's the origin of who was she beyond her actions that instilled that if it was from your mom? Do you think that she had that patterning as well from her parents? I do. Do you know what her parents were like? I I knew them. <laughs> yeah. I, I I knew my grandmother, not my grandfather, but I knew a lot about them. They were they were art. My grandmother was an artist. She was a registered nurse. Um, several of her brothers had the doctors of divinity from Pittsburgh University. They studied, and um, they were very hardworking, very very strong religious Christian family. Mm from um, English, Irish, German stock, you know, they were, I mean, I know, I can go back many generations, all the way back to the 1600s, I followed the genealogy, and there were many writers and pastors and creative people, and I think that's where you get all your creativity. And yeah, your, your father, too, mom, is, you're kind of, do you your hear, father, do too, you, is also do, very do creative. Do you hear yourself? I'm not attacking you in, in saying this, but do you hear yourself kind of bypassing the question? You keep going back to this is why we're we're great, i.e. like we're lovable. You know, so I'm I'm asking the question of like where's the root come from? <laughs> I need to do shit in order to be worthy of love, and you keep going back into well, we were really great at writing and we were really great at this and we were well, really great. You, All of those are just more well, that's, of the that's same That's from thing. your grandmother's side of the family. Okay, but, but on my mother's side of the family, but on your father's side of the family, they came from Kos, Greece, right off the Aegean island there. And so they were very loving people, musical people, hardworking people. They were different. They were totally different than my mom's family because my mom's family came from originally from Mennonite stock. <laughs> I say stock because it's just do a you think, good word. What do you think it would take for you to get to a point where you don't feel like you need to do anything in order to be worthy of love or do you feel like you're already there? No, I still strive to be nurturing and pleasing and I still strive to show my love, but it comes naturally. I mean, it's not like I'm really, really working hard at it, but it feels like it's a must that that's natural for me. I'm I'm comfortable doing that. I'm comfortable being a little competitive. Mm -hmm. I sometimes I wish, you know, I wouldn't put such a priority on it. Why? It's a lot of pressure. From who? Well, the pressure comes from within. And you wish that you could release that pressure? 
Yeah, sure. Sometimes you just think, oh, well, you know, why should I care so much? Do you actually wish that you could release that pressure? Sometimes. Sometimes I just shut things down, you know, like. <laughs> Who is stopping you from releasing that pressure? Well, no one's stopping me. Someone is. <laughs> I suppose I'll have to work on that. No, you don't have to work on it. It's up to you. You're you're the captain. This is your life. You don't need to do anything. You're not supposed to do anything. You sh shouldn't do anything. Like, it's whatever the fuck you want. It really is totally... You could get tattoos in your face. Like, this is your painting. It's your experience. But if you do wish this, the only person that's stopping you from granting you your own wish like there's only one person that is yeah and so it's an interesting thing that like i wonder like what those things if they are like they're obviously like tools that are you know that you don't want to put down or even if you don't feel safe to put them down or like what would happen if i put them down you know what i'm saying i feel like i'm getting a little bit kind of blurry with my description but no no i just don't know if i have the capacity to put them down <laughs> why Probably because they've been with me so long now. And what would happen if you put them down? I don't know. <laughs> would it be scary? <laughs> would it be dangerous? Would you die? No, would I wouldn't you die. Fail? <laughs> would you feel at ease? Would your shoulders relax? Would you smile? Would you feel light? Like what would happen? I, I do feel pretty at ease and I do feel pretty light. <laughs> I, I feel pretty happy most of the time. Yeah. I think you're going great. I'm uh, I'm only these <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, I really do. You talk to a lot of people, so that's encouraging. I think you and I both still have a lot of weight that we carry, and I I'd, I'd like to be liberated. I know I do, but I feel pretty lighthearted and happy most of the time. You're I super say most lighthearted and happy. Most of the time. Most of the time beautiful. I feel like dancing <laughs> yeah, you're like a fairy you're, you're great <laughs> <A fairy. laughs> yeah that's so cute yeah yeah it's lovely oh thank you sweetie you're welcome um i'm 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 excited for angels fly because they take themselves lightly is a quote that i've i've heard that i think is really interesting and i feel like you have even greater potential to fly upon even you know taking this life and yourself and accomplishments and mm. success and all that even lighter like i feel like there's still weights that you unknowingly choose to carry and it feels to me like there's the the, the potential for you to 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 put them down and i feel like you you really can well i just thought of something when you talked about flying mm. um i dream sometimes that I'm flying. And when I was young, my father was an interpreter of dreams, being an old Greek. <laughs> mm -hmm. He was really good at interpreting dreams, and people would come to him and ask him what dreams meant. And he was quite good at it. Mm. Actually, um, when I would dream I would fly, it would mean usually that something really wonderful was coming into my life. Mm. So when I dream that I'm flying... I'm very happy. And 
I know other family members that fly in their sleep. Have you ever done it? Yeah. Wow. Tell me about it. <laughs> when did you do that? When did you dream that you were flying? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's happened. How high do you go? I don't remember the last time I've had a flying dream, actually. But I know that I've had them. I think more when I was younger. I when was you were younger. More. Okay. Well, yeah. Do you soar really high or do you just go up? Like sometimes I'm soaring pretty high. and other, Most of the time I'm not soaring real high. Maybe 40 feet in the air, maybe a little higher than that. How often do you have these dreams? Not that often. If it happens, it's very exciting to me. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> what are your dreams usually like? Do you have like recurrent dreams? I dream a lot. What do you dream about? What did you dream about last night? Last night I had a dream that I was talking about my childhood. I was just talking about my childhood. What were you saying? Some of the things that we're saying right now. Really? Yeah, I remembered as as we were speaking. I thought, that's odd. I didn't know that you wanted to just talk to me <laughs> and record it tonight <laughs> after dinner. Hey, well, Mama, I'd like to record you. I find it very... This is probably one of the most important trips of my life in a lot of ways because I think that it's wonderful to hear. Mm. I'm I'm totally loving it, but I did have a dream about it mm. uh, a few months ago before I knew you were coming home. Mm. I had a dream that we were together, and I was just lying next to you, and we were looking at each other, and I just felt so connected to you. I felt so much utter complete love from you mm. and you felt it from me and i thought this is so beautiful and i i woke up feeling really really good about mm. my love for you and your love for me mm. and i feel like uh, wow wouldn't that be wonderful but you know you were three thousand miles away and the pandemic was going on it's still going on so it's great that you're here mm. i feel like i Crying again. Aww. I feel like it's completely fine because everything, you know, is perfectly as it as it is. I think it's interesting that I feel like I haven't really like known you through my my life, and I felt like I kind of didn't I didn't know how to. That know hurt, you. That hurts me a little bit because I always tried to be close, you know, to my children. Well, I think that perhaps the signals were crossed in a way at a young age because I think perhaps you, and this could be incorrect. This is, I'm just like toying with this, but I think perhaps like me learning through your s subconscious patterns that it's not okay to, to show everything. Mm-hmm. I think perhaps like switched me in a way to like not be able to, to penetrate, to like... That makes sense, yeah. And I think it's such an important thing to be able to have that relationship. But honey, I was able to express happiness and love to you and... and Sometimes disapproval, but 
really, See, you again, did try to please me, and I never smacked you. I never hit you. Mom, I never mom, felt the mom, need mom, to mom, listen, correct listen, you mom, listen to in yourself. that regard. Listen to yourself. No, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you the way I raised you. I know how you raised me, but what you're saying... Because you're you just wanted re- to you're be just obedient. You wanted saying. to please me. Mom, mom, you're reaffirming what I'm saying. I'm saying because you didn't feel like it was appropriate to express all of your emotions, your response to that is, but I, you know, I, I showed you all the happy emotions. And I'm saying, that's great. I appreciate your <laughs> actions and your intentions. I think the issue that <laughs> perhaps one of the main issues that kind of bound me I didn't show is learning subconsciously that it's not okay to express the other ones. Right. And your active response to that, <laughs> and I'm so excited for you to listen to this, is, but I showed you all the good emotions. And I'm saying, I know that was the issue. And then your response is, but I showed you all the good emotions. And so it's... Because you had so much of the other from when your father was using substance and alcohol. And and so I felt like, well, no, wait a minute here. I'm not... One of us has to be strong. One of us has to be... I get it. But I think that I learned... That's why I became like that. But I think that that I, I learned that through you and i think that this is and it's i'm not like pointing a finger at you i'm just talking to you as like a my friend and and my mother you know but also my friend that like just how interesting that is that that's you know that happens and that and that like that's well austin has discovered this recently too hmm. and he's you know talked to some professionals about it too that you know he's a my mother was strong. She was trying to cover up for what was going on mm-hmm. and trying to but keep, it's okay. keep us but happy it's o- but it's o- and make okay. our world good. But it's okay to be, be weak. It's okay to be fragile. It's okay to be vulnerable. Like, Oh, I, I would go into my closet at night and cry. I mean, I, I'm not telling you that I was always superwoman, but it was pretty hard. How because, often would you do that? Oh, my, almost every night. You'd go into the closet and cry? Well, you know, I would go alone somewhere. Mm. It was it was hard. But I thought I must be strong for my children and that that's why I ended up doing the things that I did. I ended up um, you know, taking the bull by the horns, supporting the family, <laughs> keeping the roof over your head, keeping how the long food on the you, table. How long would you what duration of time was that a regular occurrence that you'd go into the closet and cry I lived through some well you know you were here they were such dark times every day I think I probably prayed non-stop almost from morning until night and and even while I was sleeping I'd wake up and keep praying praying for our safety praying for our provision praying for everything because during those times when your father went from being a really highly successful stockbroker and president of the conservancy and really really respected person in the church and everything to being a complete total gangster drug addict that was breaking the law and just had no regard 
for what effect it was having on his family. Because to me, if a person is an addict, it's such a selfish act. Have it's you forgiven him? Totally and completely forgave him. We were very wonderful friends for many, many years. Have you forgiven him now? Now? Yeah, you mean, yeah, have you like completely released it? Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm very proud of the man he's become now. I'm yeah. just trying to tell you, you're, no, I know, I know. you're asking me why I was that way, why I covered up, why I, part of it was the way we were raised, you know, you know that, I already ex yeah. expressed that to you, but the other part of it was that I didn't want my children to suffer what I was suffering because of my love for you. Yeah. Um, do you have any regrets in your life? Oh my gosh, yes. What? Oh, I say that all the time. Oh, so many things. It's just like, well, I don't really care to get into every little detail of my regrets. But what do you regret? What do I regret? Yeah. The list goes on and on. <laughs> like what? Just a lot of stuff. Just, I don't really... I don't really feel the need to discuss every regret, honey. Do you think the regrets um, are... They're personal, like, you know. Like what? Well, honey, I just said I really didn't care to discuss them. Okay, you don't need to. At some point, I'd love to hear about them, though. Sure. That doesn't need me know. <laughs> I'm not a coward, I just... I know you're not. I think you're very strong. I mean, some of them are just silly things. Like what? Like, I wish I would have never gotten a tonsillectomy when I was in my 20s. I understand that. I felt like the doctor talked me into it. I feel like the tonsils probably would have been better for my immune system. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Um, I regret trusting certain people when in reality they were, you know, just lying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. Have you forgiven them? Sure. I mean, forgiving isn't hard for me. Have you forgiven your... It's, it's myself that I said I regret that I trusted somebody. It's, I'm not blaming them. Have you forgiven yourself? That, <laughs> that might be more challenging. Why? Well, I told you, I do have regrets, so... Why is it more challenging to forgive yourself than to forgive others? Because you can't undo what's done. So why you would can you... Try to, you, can start, you can try to start over and make it better and... If you can't undo you it, can what's, learn the, what's, from the, it. <clears throat> what's the value in holding on to it? There's got to be some value if you're holding on to it. I don't hold on to it. You're asking me if I have regrets. It's not like I think about them no, no, I just every mean, day, I, no, but I, I, just mean I absolutely do have regrets. I mean, the not I, do I mean the not forgiving yourself part. Maybe so. I do think about re my regrets pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> what's the value in not forgiving yourself? Like, what, how does that, there's got to be some reason to maintain that, or you wouldn't have it. Because I feel like I know better. <laughs> it's like, dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> what do you you think know it, better than What that? do you think it would take to forgive yourself? Well, you're helping me just by being accepting. Yeah. Yeah. Accept <laughs> yeah. you a million percent. I think I accept you more than, more than you know. I mean, maybe you're starting to know it. Oh, there's so much light in your eyes. <laughs> it's because I'm crying out the dark, Mom. Oh. Well, 
you have a good father, even though he went through a very dark time. He's you, great. You have a he's, very good he's, father. He's and killing it. He's ready to die. I think it's awesome. <laughs> not that he wants to die, but I told you before, he's like in a place where he's not attached to anything. He's he's like a really, in a lot of ways, like a pretty transcendent guy, even though I don't agree with, you know, the dogmatic religious beliefs. I think he's he's pretty transcendent fellow. But I think that his religious beliefs are what gave him the strength, and I feel that they're real, and I feel that that's what makes him a beautiful person. I agree that they are the, a major uh, lattice or crutch or support that did give him strength, and I'm really grateful for them for that, and I don't have any kind of, you know, perturbance or... But I, you know, I feel that it's in him. I don't feel it's a crutch. I feel it's actually who he is now. I agree. Because he yeah, totally he agree. was that person when I married him. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else that you want to say? Well, sure. What else? We could take a break. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking for Haven't... over an hour. Okay. Well, yeah, I've had a few experiences that make me believe certain things in life. And um, I've had a couple encounters with what I believe are angels from heaven. Mm-hmm. And those encounters were just incredible. I'll never forget them. So, uh, yeah. I'm so glad that you have had those experiences in your yeah, life. Yeah, I, I had an angel wing surround me right before um, I could have really been hurt when your dad was high. And uh, I had a dream about it, and I prayed, and... Ask the Lord to protect me. If so, I said, if something's going to happen, please protect me. And I, I was protected. But the way I was protected was, it was totally unexpected. And it was wonderful. But um, this beautiful, beautiful, purest white wing just came around me. And it was huge. And it covered me from the top of my head all the way down to my feet and it just totally enveloped me um, another time when I was singing I saw a magnificent angel off to my right standing and he was really tall and he was dressed in the most beautiful golden robes and was it Morgan Freeman <laughs> No, he actually had blondish hair. <laughs> mm. You're funny. Thanks. You're uh, not taking me seriously. I am. No, you're not. Man, One oh night, man, I'm into all sorts of weird shit. I'm I mean, into alien abductions, probes, okay. spirits, <laughs> like up, like yeah, name it. I'm. I think it's. I think it's. I think there's all sorts of yeah, amazing. Yeah, weird, well, there's the dark side too. There's the, the dark side too. But but um, one more thing. And so one time, one of the most beautiful things that ever happened to me is, one night, um, I was singing, the song of Solomon, you know, I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, like a lily. You know the that scripture, honey? Uh-huh. Am I losing you here? <laughs> no, no, no. And anyway, as um, as my accompanist, Brian, was playing the piano, he told me that he heard a beautiful soprano voice 
joining in with me as I was singing the soprano part of the song. Cool. And he said that it was so beautiful. He thought at first it was my voice, but he said it was even clearer yet than any human voice. Hmm. And he said that the voice was actually harmonizing with you as you were singing. Well, now, I didn't hear it, but he heard it. And he, he was just a very gifted, anointed musician. And I was just so touched by that. Beautiful experience. Yeah. I mean, I could feel it. I could feel the presence and the light, but I didn't actually hear what he was hearing, mm -hmm. the music. But I heard the wings, <laughs> the flutter, well, before I... they surrounded me. The times in my life when right before I was in danger, mm -hmm. I felt the protection come upon me. Now, that kind of thing is just, you, you just don't forget that ever. Well, I think that at some point, perhaps in this lifetime or maybe after this lifetime, we'll probably, um, you are probably different than who I, your son thinks you are, and I'm probably different than who you, my mom thinks I am. And I think that it's, I'm, I think. I think you're beautiful. Well, but I'm kind of feel like in the sense of like, Perhaps we're, you know, you or some form of like, I thought you're just my mom, but perhaps you're some form of like saint or some form of like something that's like much more than that. And you um, being, I don't think you need to be like attached to this body. Like I think this body's small potatoes. I think this is like, this is fine. This is no, fine. It's just I like I disagree school. with you. I think, I think the body's is, I very this, important. I know, Mom. It's I body, know. mind, I'm not and saying, soul. No, 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 no. The attachment to the body is the issue, and the fear of of <clears throat> of losing the body, and the fear of you know, well, what, where's my body going to be buried? It needs to be above ground. It needs to have, you know, essential oils and all this stuff. Like the, that's the part that I think. Like <laughs> I think the body is. I think once you and I and you know anyone transitions out of this body i think you'll forget about this body really quick and it'll actually be a relief that is that's scriptural i mean that is what people that yeah that that's yeah. true i that is true however i just don't believe that the body should be desecrated i think in the ancient times they literally carried the bones of their loved ones yeah, into the promised there's land lots, there's lots of ancient times mom there's the different burial ceremonies all around the world there's That's there's true. there's chopping bodies up and taking on top of mountains and allowing birds to eat them there's there's burning but to bodies them, that there's, is being, there's no one ancient times but to them that is honoring to them to them yeah but to That's me right. i have certain convictions about it you ask me no, I know, I know. About, you asked me about it tonight no, over dinner. <laughs> it kind of took me off guard. I thought, okay, I might as well tell him what my wishes are. <laughs> I think that's great. I just, I think that to me, which, you know, it's all, we're all in our own illusion. So for, you know, if that's true to you, then that it, then it is true. I thought about it more um, when I was young, though. I thought about death more when I was in my early 20s. Hmm. That's when I thought about it the most. Like, I thought, well, now, when I grow old, this is what I want. Hmm. In fact, I used to go to the cemetery and just sit there very quietly and just really, really just felt peaceful. Are you okay with me getting cremated? No. What if I want to get cremated? And then I want to get blown out of a cannon. 
I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put me in some bullshit casket. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, I'm I'm more, I'm I'm a green, I believe in green burials, so. Oh, you can put me in a tree. You could chop up my, (laughs) chop up my body parts, bury it around a tree and fertilize it. Throw me into like a compost heap. I'm not chopping you up. If I, if if you go, if you go, if you go before. I want to be composted. Don't put me in anything that doesn't compost well. You don't need to put me in some, you know. Oh no! Oh no! I thing. I totally completely hate that idea of putting people in something that doesn't it's comp- Yeah, that makes I, sense. It's and I hate embalming. I hate it. Burn me up! Shoot me out of a cannon! <laughs> no. Well, sprinkle me over some mountains. Actually, is my, my real my real wish. I don't. I don't want to cremate any of my loved ones. I mean. I don't like the idea of that. I like the idea of just naturally. Letting the body just adjust. don't bomb. Just don't put any juices in me. No, I never would. I'm that, down. I'm fine. I, I, you can just me, have my body. That's fine. Yeah, that's that, no to me, that's just. Horrible. I, mean, I think it's a, kind of a it's long, horrible. long way to go, but you know, that's fine. You can you can put my body in something. Just don't put any chemicals in it. I didn't like chemicals while I was in my body. I don't like chemicals when I'm out of my body. See, you take after me. I do. Have to. <laughs> uh, we got to take the round. All right. Let's Thank you so much for recording this conversation, Mom. I appreciate it. I very much love you. I think this is the closest that I've been to you in my uh, entire life and the most, the best that I've known you. And I look forward to continuing to cultivate a relationship with you. Oh, with all my heart. I love you. <laughs> and with all my heart, I look forward to that. Right. Pressing off record now. Okay. I hope you guys got some value from that radically vulnerable conversation between my mom and I. If you did, leave a uh, review in iTunes. It'd be great. You could share it with somebody else who perhaps has parents. Maybe they, we want them to have some some depth in their conversation. So explore some 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 bits between father son, mother daughter, mother son, whatever. I hope it was helpful. If you guys are interested in enhancing your sleep quality slash the health and tonicity of your muscles, I recommend utilizing magnesium. Magnesium has been a supplement that I've utilized for years, forever. Um, it's the only supplement that I will purchase. And you've heard me say that before. I might purchase creatine as well. It's another one that I think it depends if I'm working out a lot. But magnesium is hands down one of the most important supplements that I will buy with my own money. So I collaborated with BioOptimizers because they are rad and uh, they make the, I think, some of the best magnesium on the market. Uh, I don't like using the term best because it's, it's kind of a silly word, but it's the highest of the highest quality that I've come across and it incorporates all seven forms of magnesium. So oftentimes when you're taking a magnesium supplement, you're just getting one or two or a few. There's more forms than that. And so BioOptimizers did a fabulous job with their mag breakthrough um, by breaking through the standard magnesium supplement and giving you everything that you need. And you can get yourself a discount by going to magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H.com slash align podcast. And on there, you will find yourself a sweet ass discount on the Mag Breakthrough. If you don't love it, you can get your money back. No big deal. Magbreakthrough.com slash align 
podcast. Appreciate you guys supporting. Appreciate you telling your friends. Appreciate you grabbing the Align Method book, the six-week Align Method online program. People have been digging that. All that can be found on alignpodcast.com. I'm going to play us out with a song from my mom. She is a beautiful musician, and uh, she was kind enough to offer up some of her music for us to listen to. So we got some music from a mama for you. Here we go. Enjoy. Bow. Oh.